Welcome back, everybody, to another awesome episode of the Cannabis Connoisseur Podcast. With yours truly, it is Ryan, and we have a very cool episode today on the Fittest of 40 episode because we're talking about something that happens to, I feels like, literally everybody, <laughs> and that is uh, a change in your metabolism. Um, metabolism, you know, not really after 40, but really anytime you age, 20s, 30s, um, and particularly, you know ways that maybe you can adapt and optimize your metabolic health. So so we're going to be talking about that today. But first, guys, I just want to thank you all for jumping back in another episode. Um, I just love the communication I've been having with all of you on the side. I really appreciate it. Uh, keep it coming, please. Um, and, and also, uh, if this is your few times that you've been back and you haven't done this yet, please just li- give us a rating. Uh, if you feel as though it's something that's helpful for you and um, you know, helpful for, for loved ones that you may want to share it with that just allows this content to go to other people. And we try and, and really make the world a better place by just letting people know how cannabis can, can assist. And, and that's really the purpose everyone as to why we do this. Um, again, if, if you, if you haven't heard this before, if this is your first time, uh, my hope is that by utilizing cannabis, people understanding how cannabis can help other people, uh, in a really honest way, a fundamental way, people will will not um, demonize cam- cannabis any longer. And when that happens, more people will have access to it. When more people have access to it, uh, I think the world will be a better place. It's just my belief. And when the bo- world is a better place, that is better for my kids to grow up in. And there, there is my selfish. There's where the selfish piece of all of this lies, if that's what you want to call it. <laughs> so I just like to remind you all of that for a few minutes here. Thank you all. I can't thank you enough. Um, but let's talk about why this topic is important, right? Why should you even be spending your time listening uh, to this topic today? Well, you know, I think we're all going to get to this point where this is going to affect you, right? So even if you're at that point, you may have interest now. I think if you're over the age of like 25, right? Like things start to slow. I mean, the freshman 15, isn't that what this is all about? Right? <laughs> like, like, I mean, it's partially your, your lifestyle habits, which is what we'll talk about. But the other part of it is, is your body changes, right? And that's what we'll talk about too. So we want to talk about this to get awareness out and prevention. Um, a lot of people just don't really understand that process and how, I mean, I didn't, I mean, geez, like I'm in a prime example of that. When I, you know, got to my mid twenties, early to mid twenties. I mean, I just ballooned. I was eating what I used to eat, and I was, you know, just not really caring about uh, any of the the physical fitness part of it, and it showed. And my body was was no longer in that uh, position like it used to be to just slam pizza after pizza and not have any repercussions. So, um, I think awareness of this, just simple awareness, you know, is is just important for people to to have. Um. Lifestyle adaptation, right? So um, as your metabolism changes, you want to make sure that you, know, you change your lifestyle as well if needed and just educating the importance of things like strength training and HIIT training and proper nutrition uh, can help you with those adaptation changes. Just promoting healthy aging in general, right? Maintaining you know your physical strength and energy levels and all that good stuff, overall well-being. Uh, mental health benefits are, are, this is a conversation that touches on that as well. When your metabolism changes, usually, I mean, in, in any way, but um, that can definitely have a, a toll on your mental health. It did with me. 
when my metabolism uh, changed and my my weight bloomed and uh, you know everything just my my health I went on all this medication my health just went down the tubes I mean my mental health was not at the best place at that time and and that is certainly something that happens to a lot of people so if that's that's you there's there's way to change it just empowerment right and community support um, just all those things. We want to talk about this for that reason so we can understand what we can do to, to make changes in the future and be better. Um, so to start, what are we talking about, right? Like you hear about metabolism, but what is it? So metabolism actually refers to the complex biochemical processes your body uses to convert food into energy. So this energy is essential, you know, for everything, for, you know, breathing, uh, to moving to thinking, all of those things that you do throughout the day, you need your metabolism for. And it's encompassed in, in two really key processes, right? We have catabolism, which is breaking down food into energy. And then we have, we have anabolism, which is using the energy for vital functions and to build body tissues, right? So we need your metabolism to do both of those really important processes. And as we age, we obviously are going to have like changes, in the metabolism. So, you know, here's a few that I want to point out. The first one is reduced basal metabolic rate. So that's BMR. Um, this is the rate at which your body uses energy while it rests, and it tends to decrease while we age. This is what I was talking about with that freshman 15, right? Um, this often will start in your 20s or 30s, which is exactly what happened with me. Again, <laughs> just to rub it in more. Um, but this reduction really means that your body is going to need fewer calories to maintain basic functions. And, and if you don't, if you, if you just keep doing what you're going to do, you're going to gain that weight, right? If you don't adjust that caloric intake. So that's really what we're looking to do. And another change that occurs um, as your metabolism can occur is muscle mass reduction. And muscle actually will burn, you may have heard this, but it burns more calories than fat even at rest. So as you age, your muscle mass is just naturally going to decrease. And that process, when that happens, is called sarcopenia. Um, and when you lose muscle mass, that's going to naturally slow down your metabolism and you're going to burn fewer calories. So that's something also that we want to take into consideration and make sure that we stay active because it, it really becomes a cycle if you don't stay on top of that, right? Um Hormonal changes. I mean, this is, you know, this is um, another change for sure that occurs, uh, plays a very significant role. Um, for example, the levels of growth hormone and testosterone, they both tend to decrease, which can, can contribute to a decrease in muscle mass. And also because of that, like we just mentioned, less calorie um, burning, and then therefore a fat accumulation can happen as well. And in, in women, uh, menopause will often lead to a drop in, well, it does lead to a drop in estrogen levels, which is often linked to more, inc well, an increase in abdominal fat, right? So we see that often in menopause when we get closer to menopause. Um, these hormonal changes, what they do is they just slow down that metabolic rate. So it's so important to pay attention to that. We also just have reduced activity when we age, right? And, you know, that in itself is going to decrease your muscle mass because you, you aren't moving the way you used to when you were younger and there, and your body's like, all right, I don't need this muscle. Why am I, why do I have it? Why am I carrying it around? Right. Um, and that's going to lead to slower metabolism as well. So it's really important to stay active as you, you know, as, as you age to maintain that higher metabolic rate that you want to have just to feel better. Right. 
And then there's obviously other age-related changes that occur. Um, you know, it, aging can really change how the body processes certain nutrients, right? And, and the efficiency of various metabolic pathways actually will decrease uh, when you age. So, um, you know, you may, cha- you may experience changes in your appetite or even your digestive efficiency. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, not to get too TMI, but like, I mean, geez, I just cannot eat the same stuff in the same way that I used to. It just like when I was 18, I could do what literally ever I wanted. I can eat whatever I wanted. <laughs> it was just, there was just like nothing I couldn't do. And, and now like I see what my kids do and I'm like, man, like, and then I remember older adults used to look at me and like in that same way. And I just never understood it, but now I do. Right. And, and so, um, it, it's, it's your metabolism is impacting all of those things, right? It's such a big part of our everyday vitality, right? And that, that's really, you know, why it, it's important. So we're talking about a slower metabolism, but what really does that mean? And we're starting to get into a little bit, but first it means body composition changes, right? So increased fat accumulation is going to happen with a slower metabolism because you're burning fewer calories. Um, obviously, this will increase the fat storage, um, and just really provide more fat around your hips, your abdomen, and, and other areas that we typically never want fat accumulating, right? <laughs> it's just kind of how it is. We also, like I said, we have muscle loss, so that sarcopenia is really a thing. Um, since muscle tissue, like again, is metabolically active, it can uh, its reduction can further slow down the metabolism, right? And and so it, it just creates that cycle of muscle loss and fat gain. So the less you are active, the more you're going to have that issue. So that's why it's, again, so important to stay active. Um, Energy levels. So uh, that's another, this is going to be another impact of slower metabolism. And, you know, as the body becomes less efficient at burning calories, individuals are are really going to experience a decrease in those energy levels. And this is because um, the body's just conserving more energy. That's why that's happening, right? And and so you're going to feel tired. You're going to feel more lethargic. Your energy levels go down with a decreased metabolism. Again, another reason why we want to, it's just like, it just piles on, right? It's like a snowball effect. So we want to fight against that. I, don't, I hate the word fight against that. It makes it seem hard. We, I mean, it is, it's like, it's not easy. Like you got to do work, right? It's not, you know, but you want to make whatever you're doing that work to be as easy for you as you can. You want to make it approachable and easy. And that's why we have, that's why we talk about cannabis, right? We'll get to that part, guys. Don't worry. Um, it's the smallest part of this, I think too. And that's what I realized. Cause again, I was one of those guys, I was overweight. I was going through this. I was 60 pounds overweight. Um, and you know, it, it really is the practice of discipline, that will will get us to this place where we want to be, and then cannabis just makes it a bit easier. Kind of puts a cherry on top of that whole process to to really you know clean up the edges and, and make it a smooth transition into what you are trying to be, right? Who you're trying to be at that point. So, um, energy levels are definitely impacted uh, here, and and you know obviously that's going to impact your daily activities like exercising, um, which will again reduce that metabolic rate. So um, decreased metabolism affects several other areas of your health negatively, not just energy, not just body composition changes, but you have increased health risks like type 2 diabetes, heart disease, metabolic syndrome, right? Bone density, um, reduced muscle mass is also going to affect bone health and osteoporosis becomes a concern as well at this point. 
And then we mentioned mental health effects. We just can't underestimate um, what lower energy levels do to your mental health. And mental health, again, feeds into lower activities overall. And again, it's that vicious snowball cycle that we want to get out of. Um, and, you know, decreased social, not just physical, but we're talking about like decreased social interaction as well. Uh, and, and when you have that, this can really contribute to feelings of anxiety and depression. And, and then that cycle just continues to spiral, right? So that's all the bad stuff. What about the good stuff? How do we, what are strategies for boosting metabolism? You can probably imagine a few of them, but the, the number one thing that is often talked about when I was doing my research, and again, sources will be listed uh, below if you guys want to check those out in the notes. Um, regular strength training is a big one. So engaging in this two to three times a week. I remember when I was in football in high school, um, it was kind of like my first time learning about how to weight train, right? And I remember talking to the coach and I just had no idea. And I was like, all right, what do I, what do I do? And how many times a week should I work out? And he goes, well, two weeks, if you want to maintain, and if you want to, you want to benefit a little bit and get bigger every week, you want to do three times a week. And that just, it seems to be standard. And that's the research I saw when I went to CrossFit uh, about 15, 20 years, well, 15 years later, I guess at that point, um, they said the same thing. They said three days a week is a nice, nice way to have your workout, get your body, you know, growing a bit, but also have the amount of rest that you need to, to have that gain as well, have those gains. So strength training, um, like weightlifting and, and body weight exercises, like push-ups, squats, um, using resistant bands, that can be really helpful. And then there's different types, right? So that that's like regular strength training, but then you have progressive overload training, which is probably what I should do more of. And that's just gradually increasing the weight, the repetitions, the intensity of your workouts. I am a creature of habit and I will do the same thing all the time. And I, <laughs> it's great because it keeps you moving. I need a drink, by the way. A caffeinated drink, not a boozy drink. Come on, guys. It's it's Friday morning, and I'm and, and I'm and I'm recording this for you guys. Um, <laughs> not yet. Friday night, a few hours, but I'm probably not either because alcohol doesn't make me sleep well, and I want to sleep well tonight. But definitely a good, a good, uh, very nice, some nice rips on some nice cannabis. I have. We'll do that. Um, but anywho, uh, I definitely need to increase my like my weight training. I have to like in a way where I should make it harder every time, or I should I should. This is what I did in CrossFit, right? You have PRs, and that's why CrossFit is great. I should get back into something like that because I stopped during the pandemic. But definitely, uh, I want to get back into that because it does help you focus on goal setting, and goal setting always is like going to make you better. And so, again, that's that's a lot of what I'm focusing on too with this in the next few months. So, progressive overload training, not for everybody, not if you're like injured. And that that's where I've been, you know, recently for about a year as well. Um, just tweaks in like my back and my shoulder and my legs. But uh, that's why I haven't done progressive overload. But now that I'm feeling better, I would like to consider it again. And I should and it helps, uh, certainly with metabolic increasing your metabolic rate and activity. So that's definitely why I want to get back into it again. Full body workouts I've done very often. Uh, what like squats, jumping squats, burpees, just all those things. Uh, good, good for you, and and definitely gets the heart rate up and the metabolic activity up as well. So definitely something to consider. And, and there's and when we're talking about hit workouts, and and that's 
I mean, we have like regular strength training and progressive overload, full body workouts, but high intensity workouts almost go into a class of their own. And these, I, I love these and I do these very often. I do high intensity runs and I also do high intensity strength training. And both of these are well known and documented uh, to provide spikes in metabolic activity for hours after the activity ends. And that is really what you're looking for, I think, for long-term gains is what can you do for your body to to allow it to keep like working and for you, kind of like investing, right? Like passive investing, like your 401k, you throw money into it and then you just let it sit there and the market does the work for you, right? And that's, that's how great would that be if your body does that? Well, it, it can. It does it during your sleep if you have enough of it, right? That's why we want to make sure we do. Uh, but also if we do the right type of workout, not just, um, I mean, some people, you know, the best where you got to go where you're at. But if you're in a place where you can do a high intensity workout, that can maximize your metabolic activity at the end of the day. And that's the point, right? There's also a variety of these types of exercises you can do, like running, cycling, jumping, um, like jumping jacks, all that type of stuff. Uh, the adapt, well, the adaptability I would say is great as well because you can do it anywhere. I, I love the fact that I can go on business trips. Um, I can travel anywhere I want. I can be anywhere I want. Uh, I can be in tiny spaces and I can still sweat my ass off if I need to and get it done and and not have excuses to not get it done. And again, as we make habits out of this, that is how we continue a routine of, of bettering ourselves, right? And that's what we're looking to do. Um. The other thing besides, you know, the the types of workouts that you're doing, or if you're working out at all, like regular workout, high intensity workouts, um, like what are you intaking, right? I, I think protein for sure is is really important. You want to have adequate protein intake. Um, it's really important for muscle repair and growth. And that's what we're looking to do. When we have that muscle, it helps with your metabolic activity. So if you're not eating enough protein, really monitor that because, Protein, again, can assist with giving you leaner muscle mass and helping with the higher metabolic activity, which can help with, you know, all the other things that we've talked about so far on, on this episode, right? And look for high quality sources when you do that too. Um, I use collagen protein. I will use bulletproof collagen protein. Um, I've just seen that they tend to have high quality uh, options on there from my experience. Um, let me know if anyone feels differently. But if I'm going to eat, uh, I also try and get a lot of my protein through natural sources as well. And my favorite, I would say, is probably fish. And I don't do enough of it. Um, fish and chicken are probably the two really good ones. I like eggs. Um, Free-range pasture eggs is often only really what I eat at this point just because I can. I'm in an area where I can do that. Um, and it's way cheaper. Uh, a dozen for like two, three bucks. It's amazing. <laughs> of those really awesome, different colored, high-quality eggs, right? Um and you want to eat protein throughout the day. You don't just want to have it once. I do have it in the morning. Uh, I like doing this in the first thing in the morning because um, I know I'm going to work out and it just, you know, my body's just kind of getting ready for that. But um, have it throughout the day, which is when I get hungry and I need a quick fix, I will go for a really lean protein snack. Um, just it helps with the hunger and it kind of gives me what I need. I try and get some fat and carbs in there too if I can, right? And, and that's that's the next point is a balanced diet and hydration. So make sure that you're eating your fruits, you're eating your vegetables. I sound like your mom, I know. Um, 
<laughs> but you should because there are way too many consequences if you don't. There's weight gain consequences. There's digestive consequences. Um, there's energy level consequences. There's immune deficiency consequences. So a balanced diet and hydration is huge. Uh, Nutrient-dense foods like vegetables, whole grains, um, proteins, healthy fats like avocados. I try and do an avocado every day as well. Um, and then controlling your portion sizes. This is where Weight Watchers actually kind of helped me because I just had no idea at all about how to properly eat. I didn't ever research it. I never, like most people don't. And I, I just didn't know why anyone would. Well, you know, 60, 70 pounds and many medications later, I figured out why. And I started paying attention. And the portion size really allowed me to understand that, all right, well, if I eat cheesecake, that's all I can eat for the day, right? I can't eat anything else. And then you're just miserable on a slice of cheesecake and that's it. You know, like you just don't feel good. So you realize, you know, all right, if I want to eat cheesecake, I got to make sure that I bank enough points. I got to work out X amount of minutes and times and I got to only eat these things. And I was so strict when I did that Weight Watchers. That was probably the best thing is I was super, super strict and it worked. It really worked. Uh, but it, it, I bounced back after that. But it helped me understand portion control. Um, but it, w- it wasn't until I got to CrossFit. That's when I really understood, like, balanced eating. Like, shop the perimeter of the grocery store and eat real foods, right? Don't eat the stuff in the middle that's full of preservatives and salts and things that, like, can sit on a shelf for years. Like goldfish. I had a goldfish. This is gross, but I had a goldfish in the office. Uh, someone gave me a, a, a goldfish, an actual fish, and it died. And I didn't get another fish. Uh, it's a betta fish. And um, I just put, like, a, as, you know, funny, I put, like, goldfish in there, like the, the snack. And those, oh, man, those things stayed in there for years, and they never changed. <laughs> That's and that's how I knew how horrible uh, Jack probably remembers that. But that's how I knew how horrible uh man those those goldfish were. But um but yeah, so eat real food. That that's a real thing. And control your portion sizes and stay hydrated. Oh man, hydration. Like like having enough water or if you drink too much the night before and you wake up feeling dehydrated, which is horrible. Um you you mentally don't feel good, right? And that brings everything else down. Physically, you often don't feel good. Your your bodily functions aren't aren't working as well. It's like that, like what having water in your body is like greasing your body up. And again, I think that's another thing a lot of people um, don't consider is is considering you know drinking enough water so you don't have things like kidney stones. This was something that you know I I've known people to have and. It is not, not fun. Um, it, it just, the under, like the, you know, people are in pain to the point where they are throwing up. Okay. Um, so, uh, proper hydration is key. Make sure it's not all sugar, right? Make sure it's like real hydration. I do LMNT packets every day too. Um, element is some, is what they're called, but LMNT is how you spell it out and no sugar, just salt, uh, I put that in with my my collagen protein, and I put a little creatine in there as well. Um, and and it's just a nice way to start the day. And if AG one is another good thing, if you guys ever use that, uh, that's fun as well. Now, so that's like that's the stuff that you know y- you want to be considering to boost your metabolism. Proper eating, you know, make sure that you're increasing your muscle mass through regular strength training and high intensity interval workouts like running or strength training as well. Um, 
eating the right amount of protein and, and your balanced diet and water, all of that stuff is going to help you um, feel better. Now, how can cannabis help, right? This is at the end of the day of Cannabis Show, in case you some of you may have forgotten. Um, and as simple as it may be, uh, sativa strains, right? You know, what we're talking about is increasing your metabolism to, and there is such thing as, as over metabolism, but that's often related to thyroid issues, right? And that can be over or under activation of, of your metabolism or your thyroid, which would, you know, uh, impact your metabolism. But um, what we're talking about here is like a general, like a regular healthy metabolism, healthy thyroid levels, uh, not a health, healthy metabolism, healthy thyroid levels, but um, increasing your metabolism possibly through energy increasing strains like sativa strains, right? Um, so these would help you. The idea here is that you, it would help you want to be more active. And then that's the point. So when I wake up in the morning and I want to focus on being really active and have a really strong workout, I don't use an indica and I don't use a very relaxing CBD because that doesn't get me pumped to do a hundred and something pushups in a few minutes, right? Like, or to do like a really high intensity, like, bodyweight workout. Like I can't feel relaxed before that. Like, like relax in a good way, right? Like a focused, relaxed state. Um, if any of you have ever been athletes and you've been in competition in any sort, really, you know, that feeling just before you go into competition where that you need to feel, and it's that relaxed focus feeling. And that's where, when you get in that zone, right? That Goldilocks zone that we talked about too, that's where, you know, and, and that's what the sativa strains can help you do. They also help you obviously uh, get energized and get moving and get working out. And when that happens, it can increase your muscle mass, which can increase your metabolism, right? Um, that's this full circle stuff that we're talking about where it's not the cannabis that does it. It's you that does it. It's the cannabis that can be the supporting actor and can help you and and really in a very potent way, I, I would say. So that that's my take on it. Um and then, you know, cannabis, again, using it for CBD and recovery, anti-inflammatory properties. This is huge, um, especially after workouts, it, it, you know, having CBD for the anti-inflammation process for soreness, aiding in quicker recovery so you can get back out there in a healthy way. If you're in pain, that's different. But if you're just sore and you don't want to work out, that's where they say push through the pain, no pain, no gain, right? That's where you grow, and, and that's where you grow your metabolism too. And when you grow your muscle mass, you grow your metabolism. So that's what we're talking about. Um, pain relief. Using, you know, CBD for or cannabis in general for, uh, for pain relief can really help um, with those that may have just experienced exercise-induced muscle strains or injuries. And in that case, we don't want to get back out there, right? But we want to recover as fast as we can and feel good doing it. So sleep quality, which helps in muscle repair. We talked about this in the beginning very briefly. Uh, better, you know, sleep quality is is super, super important for your, your muscle repair. And um, also to just help you feel better. And again, that mental part of it, right? The regulation of your stress hormones that cannabis can assist with. Regulating your cortisol, which is a stress hormone um, and can lead to the... Uh, really the destruction or, or um, the impairment of muscle growth and recovery. So, you know, th that's where I, I think it's all in your mind, right? And, and a lot of this starts in your head. And you can 
your body can be ready for it. But if your head is not ready for it, guess what? It's not happening. <laughs> so that's just the way it goes. Um, and, and that I think when we're talking about getting up and moving, it's not about, you know, like lighting up. It could be, if that's what gets you going, like to, to get up and have a healthy lifestyle, then go for it. But if, if you notice that cannabis just doesn't do that for you, cannabis, like you've had the sativas and for whatever reason, your body just doesn't respond in that way. It just gets tired and it gets relaxed. Well, then maybe cannabis then helps you the other way. Maybe it helps you with recovery. It helps you with sleep. And then you get wake up in the morning, you get charged up without cannabis, right? And you do your workouts that way. And in either way, you know, we're talking about making sure that you're utilizing cannabis in a way or not just making sure you have the right practices that are going to keep you going and live the best life that you possibly can, right? So that's it. That's it, guys. That is you know, my take uh, that I've experienced, at least with metabolism, on optimizing your health, optimizing your um, your, your just general vitality, and and metabolism is a huge, huge part of it. Especially after we after we pass the age of eighteen years old, it seems like <laughs> it just literally all goes downhill in that department. But uh, it doesn't have to, right? And that's that's really the point here is it doesn't have to. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Please, please, please reach out to us at thecannabisc at gmail.com. You can see us on Instagram at thecannabisc. Uh, we're doing a lot of stuff also, um, adding more to the website, slowly but surely, uh, hopefully less slowly because I've been working on that stuff too. But um, guys, I love when you guys reach out also in, in any way, shape, or form, just to let us know that what we're doing is helpful. So please don't be strangers. Uh, it just, it's the reason why I'm driven to keep doing what I'm doing. And thank you all that, that have done that to provide any comments that you want to provide. It just, it's, it's so grateful. So happy holiday season, everybody. Um, we got, I think I'm going to do a challenge, like some new year challenge, right? I want to spice things up a bit. So I'm going to start thinking of that. Let me know if any of you guys have any ideas, but I hope you guys have an awesome, awesome weekend. And I cannot wait to see you guys on another episode in a few days, but for this series next week on the fittest at 40 on the cannabis kind of your podcast. See you guys next week. Peace.
Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. I'm Larry Mishkin, and I'd like to invite you to join Rob Hunt and me on our weekly podcast, The Deadhead Cannabis Show. Each week, we explore the latest cannabis and jam band news and reminisce with other deadheads and jam band lovers about the great musical acts that we've seen and heard. Check out a new episode every Monday. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. I'm Joyce Gerber, the creator and host of the award-winning podcast, The Canna Mom Show. And we are on a mission to enhance the impact women have on this industry as business professionals, healthcare providers, policy advocates, caregivers, moms, by sharing and preserving their stories of love and kindness, wisdom, and hope. I am so grateful to have found my tribe of Canna podcasters right here on PodConnex and look forward to our work of crushing the stigma around cannabis and caregivers and building this new industry together.